Uh, my friend, I am uh, in your hands. Quiet on the set. Good Monday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and this is the I Love Seville Show. Thank you kindly for joining us. Our audience, every social media platform known to mankind, our studio located in downtown Charlottesville in our building, the Macklin Building on Market Street. Today's show is loaded. Look at the screen right now for headlines. We'll talk about a 26-year-old losing his life on Ellywood Avenue over the weekend. Again, gun violence taking someone too soon. A 26-year-old murdered steps from Thomas Jefferson's university. I'm hearing through our contacts in the police department that you can expect an arrest in the next 48 hours, if not sooner, for this 26-year-old who was killed on Ellywood Avenue. More on that in a matter of minutes. Ace Biscuit and Barbecue. A lifeline for Ace Biscuit and Barbecue. A bottom of the ninth inning, 24-hour, and the last-minute sale. Potentially keeping this brand alive to serve some of the best Q in Central Virginia. That story on today's show. Laura Fawner's statement from last week continues to resonate with me. Someone let Laura Fawner know. We're going to talk about her statement from last week when it applied to um, Hunter Smith, the Champion Hospitality Group, and her restaurant, Siren, which she opened in conjunction with Hunter and Champion Hospitality Group. More reaction, more commentary, and more thoughts now that I've had about 72 hours or more to um, digest Laura's statement the authenticity, the guts, the courage, the honesty, brutal honesty she showed in this statement. That topic on today's show. We'll also chatter on the um, I Love Seville show. The cost of a Big Mac is going through the roof. I'm going to put inflation in perspective by highlighting the price of what is arguably the most iconic burger in America. Can someone think of a more iconic burger in this country than the Big Mac? I cannot. Can you think of a more iconic burger, Judah Wickower, than a Big Mac? I'll ask you that question. I cannot. The price of a Big Mac is going through the roof. It is now, in Virginia, the Commonwealth, on average $4.67. The price of a Big Mac will literally show you, and I'll highlight this on today's show, how inflation is ravaging the American consumer. Also on today's program, a new hotel is planned for West Main Street. We will give you those details and we will give you some data on the class of 2027. More students than ever before want to come to Charlottesville to learn. The numbers don't lie. A startling amount of students want to come to Thomas Jefferson's University. To put it in perspective, as of Wednesday of last week, 56,439 students had applied to go to UVA. 56,439. That's compared to 50,962 applicants last year and 48,011 applicants in 2021. In a two-year period from 2021 to 2023, the amount of people who want to go to UVA to learn has increased by over 8,000 people. The University of Virginia truly can pick from the best of the best for the class of 2027. Still, the lead of the program, though, has got to be gun violence. And it's getting to the point where the gun violence is getting to, to be... It's frustrating to talk about gun violence so much on this show. It's frustrating. 14 people killed since September of last year. 22 people shot since September of last year. 14 people killed... Since September of 2022, Judah, September, October, November, December, January, February, and we're not even done with March. That's two people a month killed in this area mm -hmm. from gun violence. That's over three people a month shot 
in this area from gun violence. The story, a 26-year-old, Ellywood Avenue, late night over the weekend, a brouhaha amongst two men, I'm being told. This brouhaha involved a female. The female um, was, was... allegedly um, grabbed inappropriately by the victim and the suspect, and I'm hearing an arrest will be made and then in the next 48 hours, if not sooner. The suspect, as a result of that inappropriate touching from the victim, the suspect pulled out a gun and killed somebody. In 2023... You worry on the corner at the University of Virginia about losing your life. And this particular murder, I'm curious of the reaction because it basically happened on grounds. With previous murders we've seen around the city of Charlottesville, we have not had official statements issued by President Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan did it this weekend. The last official statement Jim Ryan issued when it came to gun violence happened this past fall when three UVA football players were murdered on a bus. The alleged shooter, the alleged killer, a UVA student who's behind bars right now. So this one will follow closely, may resonate and hit a little differently. Because we all know when crime happens in and around UVA, the response and the reaction is way different than if the crime happens in and around, say, for example, West Haven. Say, for example, 10th and Page. Say, for example, one of the streets off of Cherry Avenue. Now you got a president of a university that is seen as one of the best in America, having to issue official statements in the late hours of the evening, early hours of the morning, condemning the gun violence and offering empathy, sympathy, and a plan of attack for parents and students of how to handle this. Grief counselors, support, a plan in place, Jim Ryan said, of Tim Longo, and, 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 and Ryan's COO trying to figure out an approach of how to handle all of it. When you got a president of a major university with an endowment of billions and billions, tens of billions of dollars, offering official statements, the momentum upticks. Expect an arrest in the next 48 hours, if not sooner, Maybe an arrest as earlier as early as later today. The suspect and the victim beefing over a female. A beef leads to gunshot. Gunshot leads to death. A lot of it caught on camera. That's what happened over the weekend on Ellywood. I'm going to weave Judah Wickhauer into the program on a two-shot, the director of this fine and fair talk show. Look. You back the blue, I back the blue. I say it on the program all the time. Mm. I said it to a police officer earlier today. You watched me talking with him. I closed the conversation with the police officer just before this show. There's two people in this community who back the blue. It's Judah Judah Wickhauer and I. Okay? Where do you want to start? If an arrest is made later today, like we're hearing... Do we say the police department is doing everything possible? It's catching these killers? Because a beef over a female that resulted in someone getting shot and later dying of that gunshot, that's something that, as you've stated on this program, probably is not going to be preventable. Yeah. The cops catching the killer is policing. The the cops, the police officers preventing the shooting from happening on a Saturday night in arguably the busiest area of the city the corner, the likelihood of a beat cop keeping this from happening 
is not great. It just puts it in perspective where we are at 2023 that beefs are resolved with guns. <clears throat> there's literally nothing the police can do about most of these. Uh, there's something to be said for, you know, for keeping an eye out, uh, for sending cops into neighborhoods where there is regular violence, for trying to get to the root of the violence in our in our city and <clears throat> thereby uh, cut it off at the past, so to speak. Uh, like, you know, kids getting guns and uh, people running around. There are certain things that you can and should police and and I think there's a certain expectation that you can put a stop to certain things. But you can't you, you don't know every person that's walking around with a gun. And when uh, something like this happens, there is even, you know, even if it hadn't been a packed Ellywood Ave and 2 o'clock in the morning, without the police being, you know, having a presence as large as the city, which is impossible... There's literally no way that you can prevent things like this. Um, I'm going to say this once. I'll say it again. If anyone in the uh, Charlottesville Police Department would like to join us on this program to humanize, localize, and personalize the department and offer a clear platform of communication to this community of what you guys are doing, I'm happy to host. It would be fair interviews, open-ended questions, and we would just literally listen to learn. Happy to host. I want to highlight this again. If the department is catching the people doing the shooting and the killing, what else could the department be doing? You got Charlottesville Twitter, who's heckling conscious on the gun buyback program, specifically uh, Matthew Gillikin. Hmm. And Conscious, he emails Conscious, and Conscious gives a response. Gilligan takes screenshots of the email and depicts the chief in a nasty light. The chief clearly explains in the email, we've talked about this before, the gun buyback program is just an opportunity for us to connect with the community. Yeah. Conscious is not saying this is going to solve the gun violence. Right. He's saying, give us a shot to get human connection and FaceTime with people. That's how I'm trying to police, by yeah. building connections with community members of all socioeconomic statuses. Kacha's saying, saying the gun buyback program is going to solve the, problem, right. program, solve the problem. And we've said on this program, and you jump in anytime you want, that it's a many, many prong attack solving this issue. And right. one of those prongs, I hate the pun because it involves silver buckshot and we're talking about gun violence. One of those prongs is the walk and talks, the gun buybacks, maybe the SROs in schools, the forums at churches where people can speak, the fireside chats, the yeah. community events, getting the police department fully staffed, changing the narrative in this community about the police department. Conscious is trying to do all this. You know what? I was thinking about this. Conscious is as much a police chief right now as he is a guy that's trying to rehabilitate and build a brand. Like what you and I do professionally, VMV brands, an advertising agency. He's essentially managing an account from a brand strategy standpoint and having to rehabilitate that brand because of years of brand neglect. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Show us yours. Thoughts, Wickhauer. Yeah. Uh, anybody that thinks that, uh, you know, like, like you said, we use, uh, we use the term for a lot of things. And in this case, it seems a little... Uh, uh, a little heartless, but um, there's there's no one single solution to any of this. And anybody that thinks that uh, I don't know, I don't know what people think. I don't know what Gillikin thinks uh, is supposed to happen. But um, but I see uh, I see Cautious doing a great job. Uh, I see him engaging. Uh, I think one one of the the many ways that will be helpful in the future uh, for, the, for the police department to be 
preventing violence like this and not just uh, and not just arresting the uh, the perpetrators, which is definitely a good thing. But one of the ways that one of the ways that they're going to start getting to the bottom of the violence in Charlottesville is by befriending the neighborhoods. People in the neighborhoods involved most likely know most of the people involved in the violence. And if they don't trust police, why would they ever, why would they ever turn anyone in? But if Conscious can, can pull this off and really, uh, really uh, mesh the police department with the, the, the people and the neighborhoods, then I think there's a good chance that, uh, that a lot of this violence will start getting pushed out of the city. How does it? How does it? Cha- how does the murder change that it happened basically on grounds at UVA? How does How does this handling or the attention or the momentum? Maybe a better phrase is this: This happened on Ellywood Avenue. Okay, the other murders outside of the UVA football players yeah. have happened in communities historically known for violence. Yeah. The UVA football players, the Omni Hotel, and Lucky Blues, the exception. All right, I'll throw the Belmont downtown shooting, also an exception. Those were anomalies. Generally, the violence is happening into pockets of the community like Fifeville, Cherry Avenue, 10th and Page. How does the UVA piece change this? Well, it now makes it... uh, Ryan issuing statements in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, now, now makes it seem fairly prescient that uh, that Cautious decided that UVA, the UVA corner, would be one of the uh, one of the areas that they would be there. It is focusing on um, whether that was. I mean, we don't know what they're thinking. Was that political? Was, was that, that strategic? That? Was think- it to prevent national attention from potentially happening? Right now, that attention has not gone regional or national. I think maybe he, I think maybe he saw the um, the writing on the wall that a lot of what was going on was happening with younger people. Um, the UVA is entirely, with the exception of the teachers and staff, younger people, and however it is that they are engaging with um, the criminal element in Charlottesville, whether it's drugs or guns or what have you um maybe he saw some connection there that uh that uh suggested keeping eyes eyes open over there i i'll respectfully disagree with that and i'll tell you why i disagree but if you could rotate the lower thirds in so folks can see the topics we're covering the second and third one at your convenience sir here's why i respectfully disagree i think why the uva corner was considered a policing district remember the charlottesville police department identified three policing districts where it was going to utilize extra resources to police they were 10th and page essentially fifeville and the uva corner Everyone was surprised. Why is the UVA corner considered one of the three policing districts, one of the three heat maps or hot zones for Charlottesville Police Department, especially considering the UVA corner essentially has its own police department, the University Police Department. I was corrected at the community forum a few Mondays ago when I made, I asked Chief Cotchus this question. I said, why are you allocating limited resources to the UVA corner as one of the three policing districts. I asked him that question. After Mm -hmm. I asked that question, I heard from another officer that was in attendance at the forum. The corner is city property. The university police department polices grounds for the most part. But for the most part, the city, the corner, is our jurisdiction to police. And that's why we're including it as one of the hotspots. I also think including it as one of the hotspots is in some ways strategically, politically motivated. Hmm. That UVA corner and grounds, if crime happens there, it will drive a level of attention that is a much greater clip than if crime happens in Fifeville or 10th and Page. You have 25, 27,000 rough number students at UVA. Their parents start worrying about their kids' safety. You have 27,000 times two, an additional 54,000 people, parents, that could get involved and, 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 and really drive attention to what's going on. 
Yeah. Do I think this crime is going to limit acceptance or interest or enrollment or folks thinking about going to UVA? I do not, and I have numbers to prove it. But I do know that if Jim Ryan, arguably one of the most influential people in Central Virginia, I mean, who's more influential in Central Virginia than Jim Ryan? Viewers and listeners, I'm asking you, who is more influential in Central Virginia than Jim Ryan right now? Seriously, I'm asking a general question. I, I would love to get suggestions from viewers and listeners on that. Can anyone, who, who's more influential in this? It's not the mayor. Lloyd Snook's not more influential than Jim Ryan. He's not more influential than Jim Ryan. No Almoral County Board of Supervisors is more influential than Jim Ryan. Michael Rogers, the interim city manager, is not influential, more influential than Jim Ryan. Jeff Richardson's not more influential than Jim Ryan, the Almoral County uh, the guy who runs Almoral County. Who is more influential in this community than Jim Ryan? Someone, name one person. I know a lot of these folks. I'm struggling to come up with a solution. You may go with one of the extremely deep-pocketed DL behind-the-scenes people. we got a couple billionaires in this area. But their influence is a down-low Behind the scenes, you have truly no idea what kind of power these folks have. That kind of influence. Ryan, we see it firsthand. You've got arguably the most influential person in a 300,000-person market, Jim Ryan, the president of UVA, having to literally issue statements in the wee hours of the morning on the weekend. You've got Jim Ryan reaching out to his chief operating officer in the wee hours of the morning. You've got Jim Ryan reaching out to the university police chief in the wee hours of the morning, saying, here's the plan of attack. I'm going to get with Tim Longo and J.J. Wagner Davis to make this the highest priority and to work with their counterparts in Charlottesville and Almoral County to reduce the gun violence in this region. Tim Longo is the chief of the university of police. J.J. Davis is our COO and Longo's supervisor. He's literally putting this on social media before sunrise. Time will tell. Comments are coming in fast and furious right now. Let's go to um, Twitter. And I want to get your thoughts on this before we go to the next topic, Judah. If you've got any more perspective that you want to offer. And still, Charlottesville Twitter continues to rip the police. I do not understand it. Now is not the time. Warrior AG, thank you for sharing. Albert Graves says, a university that uses art infrastructure and emergency services, they should pay taxes. Um, Albert Graves says, until the police become fortune tellers, there's no way for them to stop the shootings, but arresting the perps is the CPD doing its job. And they're doing it right now. Yeah. They're, in some cases, they're going to other states with other agencies and departments to find the killers, the alleged killers. Yeah. They're doing that. Dylan's rule on Twitter says, why is Kotchis responding to Gillikin? That's purely a waste of time, and it's predictable that the response will be framed in a negative light. Well said. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll offer that, Chief Kotchis, this is a safe haven here, sir. Anything you say on this program... I give you my word, and I don't want to speak for Judah, but I would imagine he'd give you his word as well, that we will not take anything you say out of context and manipulate it in any capacity. But you responding to some of these folks from Charlottesville Twitter, your commentary and your emails are being framed in manipulative fashion. Yeah. That's literally happening right now. It's a great question, Dylan's rule. Albert Graves, if the shootings keep happening near or on UVA grounds, I bet it will eventually affect enrollment, just like it will eventually affect real estate value. You buy that? Uh, it's a pretty broad statement. Yeah, I, I, I buy it. Eventually. Eventually is the key word there, I think, uh, in both cases. Uh, eventually, if, uh, if nothing is done, then yes, uh, I think the, the gun violence will affect uh, will affect applications and will also affect um, uh, house prices. Eventually. But, but it's, I, it's not... Uh, I don't not think, in the near horizon. We're not on the cusp of that yet. Class of think. 2027, the, the deepest applicant <coughs> pool in University of Virginia history, 56,439 people. 
Which brings the me deepest back, one. Which brings me back to his comment about uh, about UVA paying taxes. You're or, saying or pony not. up, open up the wallet. Well, uh, aside from aside from the police being on the being on the corner, uh, we're, we've also you know we've also been talking about uh, about lack of lack of housing, lack of space, and uh, UVA wants to bring in more and more and more kids. I, you know, I think that's worth. Uh, I think that's worth discussing. Well, here's the here's here's what Deep Throat said, and later we're going to be talking about on this program. In fact, why don't you put the lower third up now? New Seville Hotel plan for West Main Street. This is from Sean Tubbs. Sean Tubbs does a great job with his um, Charlottesville Community Engagement Substack. He says in his Substack. A preliminary discussion of a new hotel plan for 843 West Main Street next to the Standard. This is a property that is mostly a parking lot with one industrial building formerly housed Sweet House, the candy shop, on West Main Street, across from where World of Beer was. There's a huge parking lot. Sean Tubbs reports today that they're planning their preliminary discussion, a new hotel, 97 hotel rooms, 54 parking spaces, a height of 68 feet. It's under the, that's under the existing zoning. It's going before the planning commission. Sean Tubbs does a great job. He's reporting on it right now. Okay? Anonymous makes this comment. I saw you're talking about the West Main Street Hotel. Crazy, Jerry. If there's such a huge demand for multifamily housing units and a shortage of housing in the area, why, why wouldn't somebody take an empty parking lot to build apartments there? And if you're pushing multifamily housing is with the goal of the zoning rewrite, would it not make sense to remove hotels as in right of use for most areas? But our city government needs that sweet, sweet lodging tax revenue, so they're going to push this forward. you got a parking lot on West Main Street that is riddled with potholes and literally being used for nothing else except for potentially um, renting parking spaces. I think you can rent parking spaces there. Okay. We got a hotel that's being discussed for it instead of multifamily housing. Mm-hmm. We know we have a shortage in hotels in this area. We get we have a shortage of hotels in this area. I mean, they've been building hotels like mad. Recently. They really have. But to his point is, should the hotel be able to go by right as opposed to council and local government encouraging that space to be used for multifamily housing. The second question is, if there really is this need for multifamily housing, why wouldn't this parking lot have already been developed? Yeah. Why wouldn't this already be housing? And this leads us into the conversation about the University of Virginia in taxes. Jim Ryan says in his statement that he issues over the weekend... He says, we are going to work in conjunction with Charlottesville and Almoral County to figure out this gun crime and gun violence. He literally is saying, we need the help of Almoral County and Charlottesville City to solve this. And it gets back to your point and Albert Graves' point. If you're asking jurisdictions to help you solve crime, should that be an indication you should also be ponying up to help fund those efforts in those respective jurisdictions? And that's the point you make. Yeah, at least in some way. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not advocating for uh, for UVA to pay taxes on everything. Uh, I, I don't have the uh, the background to to know what that would even involve. But, uh, but yeah, I think there's at some point maybe they should uh, maybe they should help pay for what they're you know what they're asking for help with. What do you make of, uh, before we go to the next topic, what do you make of how they're handling it, police? Say that again, how the police are handling yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, you're talking about this particular? Crime. How, how they've done so far with cops so far. I, I think they've done a great job. Um, I, think, uh, I think too often we... We ask for more um, more transparency than is uh, than is uh, our our right to ask for. Um, not everything is not everything can be completely transparent. If the police are you know tracking 
certain elements trying to get to the bottom of you know gang and drug violence and the people that perpetrate it, then giving us all of the information they have every day of the week is not going to help in their job. They're likely going to be going to be tipping people off that they don't want to tip off. And, uh, and so as a result, I think that, uh, it's perfectly reasonable to expect that a lot of what the police does goes unnoticed or unremarked because they're doing their job. Kelly Jackson watching the program front of the show. Um, Kelly Jackson, we, we love when you watch the show. She says, if the violence continues around UVA, I would absolutely think twice about sending my daughter there. And that's her number one pick for school. She says, if there are a lot of shootings near or on UVA, I would rethink about sending my daughter there. And that's where she wants to go. Yeah. It will eventually have an effect. Here's the interesting thing. And I hate to say this. The man who was killed on Ellywood Avenue over the weekend was not a UVA student. Right. He was, he was a, U- a 26-year-old contractor who worked at the University of Virginia. Yeah. The man who killed, allegedly, the 26-year-old was not a student at the University of Virginia. Here's the question I have for you, viewers and listeners. Kelly Jackson for you. Scott Aaronworth for you. Dylan's Rule for you. Albert Gray's for you. John Blair for you. Boards of Supervisors and City Councilors watching the program for you. If the person killed over the weekend was a first year, a second year, a third year, or a fourth year, instead of a 26-year-old contractor who worked for UVA, would the response, the reaction, and the political pressure be different? 100%. It'd be 100% different. And that sucks to say sucks to say, because in this conversation, from a political pressure standpoint, we're basically saying lives do not have equal value in a political pressure scenario. But if it was a UVA student who was killed over the weekend on Ellywood Avenue, as opposed to a 26-year-old contractor, a local, Mm -hmm. the response and the reaction would be way different. How so? There'd be be a major outcry, but I think it goes to my... uh my statement that uh, what the police do is necessarily kept on the down low a lot of the time because our response doesn't have any uh, doesn't have any bearing on their on their investigations and ah yes and no community response has undoubtedly dampened and disturbed the Charlottesville Police Department brand. Community response and how it sees the brand that is the Charlottesville Police Department, that has value. So that must be managed. I agree with you that community perception is not going to influence the investigation. In fact, if the community knows too much about an investigation, it could actually hurt the investigation. That's your point. That's the point that you're making. Somewhat, yeah. But they have to be transparent with what's happening for peace of mind for us, and they have to be transparent for what's happening to help rehabilitate the image that's been hurt over the Brackney term. So that's why he's trying to communicate with folks what's going down. Bob Shotta makes the point, if it was a UVA student that was killed over the weekend, like a first year, second year, third year, or fourth year, it would be all over the national news. And I think there's no doubt, and and I'm curious of how you feel, viewers and listeners. If it was a student that lost his or her life, first, second, third, fourth year grad student, would this be national news? Undoubtedly, it would be national news. And that stinks, because if it was a 26-year-old contractor, it's been regular, it's on the I Love Seville show, NBC 29, CBS 19, The Daily Progress. If it was a 19-year-old second-year sociology major, it would be CNN, Washington Post, Fox News, everywhere. Yeah. 
So you're, you're, you're that close away from being national news again, Charlottesville, Virginia. You're literally that close away. And how the headlines would read and how the stories would write in the shadows of Thomas Jefferson University, not even six years removed from Nazis storming the grounds of Charlottesville University, a University of Virginia student has been murdered. That's how the story and the narrative would read. That's how it would read. Comments, put them in the feed. Comments, put them in the feed and I will relay them live on air. Jason Howard, watching the program, The King of Rio. I don't see enrollment being affected. I do see Central Virginia residents voting with their wallets if the weekly news keeps being shooting after shooting. Got three city council races um, up for grabs with Bob Fenwick, Lloyd Snook, Michael Payne, and Deshaun Cooper, four people going after three spots. Um, Bob Shada, it would be CNN, Fox, if the person was a student, and President Jim Ryan would have to react. I guarantee you today, I guarantee you, and I don't use that word loosely, I guarantee you today, Jim Ryan is, had, is in meetings of some kind talking about this murder. I guarantee you today. Maria Marshall Barnes says, crimes getting closer to UVA will definitely get more attention. I would imagine cameras would be popping up, news cameras. My contacts in the police department say an arrest will be made in the next 48 hours, maybe as early as today. My contacts in the police department say that this was caught on camera over the weekend. And the beef started over the suspect grabbing the alleged, or excuse me, the victim grabbing the alleged suspect's girlfriend's butt. That's what caused this brouhaha. Victim grabbing the butt of the alleged suspect's girlfriend. Yeah. Imagining, imagine ruining not only uh, someone else's life, but your own, because... Someone grabbed a girl's butt, and the response was, kill that person that grabbed the butt. You took someone's life, and you're going to spend the large portion of your life behind bars. Yeah. Think sad. about that. So sad. Yeah. And you're doing this on Ellywood Avenue, hundreds of witnesses, cameras everywhere. Doesn't matter where you do it, but yeah. I mean, the definition of idiocy. Right? Doesn't matter where you do it. But this person chose to do it in front of hundreds of witnesses with cameras everywhere. Just think about that, viewers and listeners. This is the world we live in. Okay? And I'm not going to get on a soapbox here and say, when I was, when I was younger, or when I was going around, because then I start sounding like an old man. But... It was, you got in someone's face, maybe it led to fighting, and I'm not supporting fighting, punching, getting in someone's face by any capacity. Never, ever did I ever imagine someone on Ellywood Avenue on the many nights that I can remember, some of them I can't, having a gun on their person. Yeah. Never. But now that's the world we live in. Maria Marshall Barnes, thank you for watching. And commenting. You got the wrong lower third on screen there, J-Dubs. Let's make sure we get those lower thirds on there, if we could. That's the one you told me to put on there. I know. We just got to rotate them based on what we're talking about. They don't rotate, though. Well, you got to rotate them, is what I'm saying. Uh, which one do you want? I, I would try to pick the topics we're talking about. Are we still... Um, so why don't we go to um, Ace Barbecue reopening under a new ownership? All right. Um, thank you kindly. Um, all right. So here's next topic. Ace Biscuit and Barbecue, we're talking a late hour, bottom of the ninth inning. Owners announced that they're closing. They set a deadline for the closing. People respond to that deadline with significant momentum. They buy Brian Ashworth out of all his stuff. The deadline has to move up for closing. We sold out of everything. Thank you for your support. We're closed. Ace puts on social media. After putting that post on social media, we're closing ahead of our deadline because we don't have any more stuff to sell. I mean, this isn't even the bottom of the ninth inning. This is like literally the game is over. The, game, the closing post was done. We're finished. 
And, and they actually closed. In. What? And they actually closed. They actually closed. They actually closed. Someone came in when the game was over and bought Ace. Word on the street is the, the vendors that do business with Ace, those contracts, those relationships and conversations are starting back up. And we could see this restaurant open as early as the middle or end of next, the middle or the end of this week. Brian and his beautiful wife, congratulations. You ran a kick-ass business, dude. The old dirty bastard, that sandwich, the real deal, the ODB. Your fried chicken, amazing. Your biscuits, amazing. Your barbecue, amazing. I hope you got some, some money. I would imagine it's not what you wanted, but I hope you got a nice little <coughs> chunk of money and you're able to utilize that money for whatever you see fit. And you can start another line of work. And whoever bought Ace, Ace was not Aaron King watching the program. Thank you, Aaron. One of Western Admiral's finest graduates, the Queen of Scottsville. If you need someone to run your restaurant or your business, Aaron King is fantastic. She says, was Ace linked with Champion? No, it was not. Ace had no link to Champion. Ace announced last week it was closing. Brian and his, and his team set a deadline of when they were close, when they were going to close. The community responded so positively, they bought Brian and his team out of all their food. So they had to close even earlier than their deadline. Brian and his wife enjoy a celebratory beer at Timberwood North. And is celebrating that beer over Timberwood North. They figure out a buyer wants to buy the business. And Ace is going to survive. You can see this restaurant potentially opening as early as late later this week. And as Aaron has highlighted, let's put the new, new headline on screen. Let's go with Laura's. Laura Foner needs our support. Someone tell Laura Foner we're, we're talking about what her brand and her business right now, please. Text her. Let her know. Laura is a what you see is what you get kind of person. Wears her emotions on her sleeve. I like that in people. I don't want to be guessing what the person I'm interacting with is thinking or feeling or unknown what they're thinking or feeling about me. She'll tell you. She's had a lot of changes in her life, which she's highlighted in her post on social media that has now gone viral. She's gone through a divorce. She went from Dooner's Restaurant, where she was the heir apparent to buying the restaurant, to the world and the economy going in the crapper, and that impacted her being able to buy Dooner's, yep. where she spent decades of her life. Then she went from executive chef at Dooner's, a prestigious and established restaurant, to busting her tail in a food truck called Dumpling. And when you go from being the executive chef at a prestigious restaurant like Dooner's to then doing the food truck hustle in a beat-up truck on the weekends, a truck that often could not even run called Dumpling, I would imagine that there's a little bit of a swallowing of your pride. From Dumpling, she chooses to partner with Hunter Smith and Open Siren in the old Shabin location. As she said in her post, she went through a divorce during building out her restaurant. It's on screen. You showed it on screen? Good job. And at the end of last week, four days ago, she leaves a honest, extremely well-written, Laura. I mean, this is just, you, you are not only a talented chef, but you have a gift for words. I mean, this is well-written. I was an editor at the newspaper. This is very well-written. And she has the most damning comments so far of Hunter and Champion Hospitality Group. 
We saw some of those comets start getting critical with Chris Humphrey, the former chef of Brasier Cezanne, or however you say that restaurant, Brasier Cezanne, whatever the name of that restaurant is. I don't understand the name. Can't even say it. Most people can. Poor Brandon. Chris Humphrey says, Hunter, stop paying people in response to a Daily Progress article. Now Laura is talking in her comments about stealing money from her, trust from her, more money from her, stealing part of her soul. She said the pandemic, pandemic did enough of that, but there, here you go, you want more? It's always more, more, more with you? F you. Read this post. Daily Progress, NBC 29, CBS 19, here is a story that needs to be reported. You can go back to a one-shot. I mean, if, you're, if, you, can't, if you have this on screen, that, no one's reading that. No one can read those words. I said on Friday's show that we haven't heard these words from Hunter. I am sorry. Go back, yeah, we're on a two. I am sorry. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard those words. No. I am sorry. And by all accounts, he has a lot to apologize for. Let's hear that, Hunter. I am sorry. This community should rally around Siren a thousandfold. And here's the tough part. Like a lot of restaurants, they may be short-staffed. So when you rally around this restaurant a thousandfold, be patient with them when you're waiting for your drink and your food because they may not have enough employees working there. And as someone brought this up to me, they said, Jerry, I work at, I'm literally getting a direct message right now. Jerry, I work at Brasserie Saison. I understand your gripe with Hunter. It's justified and it's meritable. But please realize there's some of us here at Brasserie Saison that are just trying to earn money to pay our bills. Please encourage people to visit us as well. This is how I pay my bills. Thank you for what you're doing here with bringing attention to everything that's impacted all of us. It's really been heartbreaking. That's another conundrum. you want to still support the team members that work there. Yeah. Before I get off this topic, I want to say I applaud Chef Fawner for being transparent, courageous, and honest. I would imagine she thought long and hard before writing the post she did on social media yes, or late last week. Mm-hmm. It took some serious guts to do this. Aaron Elizabeth says, Siren is open tonight with live bluegrass. We love Charlottesville. Thank you, Jerry Miller, for talking about this. Absolutely. Aaron Elizabeth. Flood the restaurant. Support the restaurant. Keep them alive. And be patient when you do it. Because like so many of them, they're short-staffed. Yeah. Anything you want to add to this before we get off this topic? No. Any message you have to Hunter who watches the program? Message that I have to Hunter? No, not really. Stop opening restaurants. (laughs) Pay your bills on time. Don't be a dick. Use the golden rule. Sorry. Use the golden rule. Don't exploit people in times of weakness. Or ever. Don't utilize someone's sweat equity for your personal gain. Unfortunately, I don't think the last shoe has dropped yet. And that's not my news to report. Another shoe has fallen. Another shoe is close to falling. Hmm. All right. Such a mess. 
We talked about the hotel on West Main Street. I talked about the University of Virginia for the class of 20, uh, 2027 has got more applications and folks interested, interested in coming to UVA than ever before. Last year, there was 50,962 people. As of Wednesday, 56,439. Good Lord. This community, if we are not careful, is going to be a... Finish this sentence for me. Okay, you finish the sentence for me. I'm curious to hear what Judah has to say about this. This community, if we're not quite careful, is close to becoming... Fill in the blank. Anywhere you want to go on this. I don't know where to go with that. Uh, it's, um, I think it's... I think it's losing its. Uh, I think it's losing its personality, its uh, identity, getting bought up, and uh, people getting pushed out, and the university expanding, but uh, not uh, <clears throat> not paying its share as it pulls money off the. Uh, off the ledgers, I mean pulls uh, pulls property off the ledgers. Um, you've got uh, kids. Bob Shada says spiraling downward. Jojo Robertson says morally bankrupt. You've got uh, the UVA corner becoming a uh, generic. I don't know strip of of. Uh, UVA Corners essentially of, evolved into Main Street in every town in America. Give me a Starbucks, give me a Chipotle, give me a Raising Cane's, give me a Cadoba. Yeah. And scratch the college ends and strikes the St. Martins and crush the hopes and dreams of the Coupe de Villes and eliminate and destroy the locally owned coffee shop. Yeah. The motivation behind all this? The motivation behind destroying all that? Behind all this change. Uh, I mean, greed? Greed, capitalism, free market, fine line between those three. Yeah, that's greed, true. Greed, capitalism, free market. I wasn't going to say capitalism, but... What's the uh, difference between the three? Very little. If the conniption fits. Very little. Kelly Lewis, love when you watch the program. She says, everything has gone downhill since Tim Longo left the Charlottesville Police Department. Laura hmm. Fawner watching the program. Chef Fawner, you... Um, Laura Fawner, with the post she did last week, f has further cemented her legacy in this community as not just a chef, but as someone who utilizes food to positively impact the community. Whether through her endeavors on the Food Network where she's raising money for charity, whether through her busting her ass with Patchum, which mm -hmm. is giving food in, to the homeless, yeah. to her efforts of pointing out what is clearly bamboozling sketchy behavior, fine line between the sketchy behavior and criminal. Yeah. She's further reinforced and cemented her legacy in this community. No doubt. Uh, I found this um, concerning. CNBC has an article on its website right now on the uh, cost of a Big Mac and how the cost of a Big Mac is becoming um, extremely expensive. Would you say that's the most iconic burger in America today? What is the most iconic burger? I'd say... It's got to be the Big Mac, right? I'd say the Big Mac and the Whopper are probably I'd say the Big Mac is close. more iconic than the Whopper. Really? I think just McDonald's has more market share than Burger King. 
and the golden arches are more ubiquitous than Burger King. What is the Burger King branding that you even know? Golden arches we know. What's the Burger King brand? That's why I'm going to go the I'm going to go the um, the uh, Big Mac is the most iconic one. The reason I'm relaying this to you, and we don't often talk national news like this, but it's a good topic. Well, I can bring it. Uh, oh, I please, can, please. I can bring it down to home. Please. Uh, when I went to get my haircut before I left for California, I uh, left the uh, I left the the haircuttery. <clears throat> walked across the road, went into uh, went into Five Guys. Just stood in front of the uh, stood in front of the registers, looked up at the menu, and about ten fifteen seconds later, I walked back out. You did not get anything. It's ten dollars for a burger. That's I I haven't been there in a in a little while, but I know it wasn't ten dollars the last time I was there for just the burger. That's, That's no, no fries, fries, no drink, no drink yeah. just the burger. Four dollars and sixty-seven cents on average in the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Big Mac. No, I haven't. I've never been a Big Mac fan, so I have no idea what the normal price is for that. But uh, that actually doesn't seem like that bad. A That's deal. just a sandwich. I know. Yeah, but most of the burgers at uh, at McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's, I think most of the normal decent sized burgers at those places generally generally run between six and eight bucks these days. Look, anytime you can buy, order a burger if you have the disposable income. Do it at Riverside, do it at Siren, do it at Citizen Burger Bar, do it at a locally owned business. The only reason we're talking about the Big Mac today is because this sandwich is, is served in basically every city or county in America. You can get this sandwich in every county or city in America so that it's a good conversation starter because it's a consistent barometer. Now the I'm price is $4.67 in the Commonwealth. New York, $5.23 on average. California, $5.11. New Hampshire, four eighty-three. Four eighty-seven in Alaska. McDonald's is straight up saying to people, and they got economies of scale, they got purchasing power, they're vertically integrated, and they got efficiencies that locally owned businesses do not. And McDonald's is telling the world, we're going to raise the cost of the Big Mac. We can't eat these costs anymore. You're going to start picking up the cost customers. If McDonald's is saying that to people, imagine the plight or the difficulty in front of the one unit restaurant owner. The one-unit restaurant owner has less disposable income than a McDonald's. The one-unit restaurant owner has more difficulties on their near, middle, and long-term horizon than a McDonald's does. If McDonald's is telling the world we're going to have to raise prices and you, the consumer, are going to have to feel it, think about and empathize with the plight of the local restaurateur. The local restaurateur doesn't have the data or the analytics. The local restaurateur doesn't have the, the um, market advantages that a, golden, that a McDonald's does. Yeah. We better be careful. Because if we're not careful, we're going to be left with a community of big box brands and nothing else. And that brings, in, that brings to mind uh, something that I think we've all been seeing lately, which is the fact that uh, we've all been struggling. Times have gotten harder for most of us. And uh, we're looking at uh, and hearing about a lot of of big box brands, a lot of corporations having having just just had the uh, their highest profits ever. Yeah. Um, Deep Throat says, funny, my son said that Five Guys is ridiculously overpriced. He said it was a topic of conversation on the playground. <laughs> wow. That's a uh, high voice, son of Deep Throat. And he's partial to the Jack Browns burger. I like the Greg Brady at Jack Browns. I like the Greg Brady. Um, Jojo Robertson says she loves our show, Judah. Thank you. Anything you want to offer? You had some closing thoughts that you wanted to pass along. 
think something in regards to Habitat for Humanity? Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of local versus, well, it's Jersey Mike's. Yeah, Jersey Mike's is uh, they have an annual month of giving, um, which is underway for March, and they are helping to raise money for Charlottesville's Habitat for Humanity. And while I generally tend to agree that uh, you know shop local, uh, I think that one thing we tend to forget is that. Places like Jersey Mike's and... Uh, well, take Panera Bread. Kelly Jackson's watching. She owns 17 Panera Breads. Kelly lives in Charlottesville. Kelly legitimately uses her Panera Breads to raise money for the UVA Children's Hospital because she saw the UVA Children's Hospital have an incredibly positive impact on her youngest daughter and yeah. her health. Exactly. And we've had one of the, uh, the franchise owners of a local Chick-fil-A on. and We'd have... Who was that? Yeah. Uh, let me look up his name. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I, 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 maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't think we've had that person. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I stand to be corrected if I'm wrong. Uh, let's see. Will Taylor, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A in Fashion Square Mall. Okay, you're right. He, he has since moved. He is now operating a Chick-fil-A not in Central Virginia anymore. Will Taylor was the owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Fashion Square Mall. I believe he took over, took over the Chick-fil-A in Portsmouth. I stand corrected. Thank you for keeping me on my toes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, J-Dubs. So the point being that uh, there's a – I don't know if anybody out there knows Mookie Golden, but apparently he's the co-owner of Jersey Mike's in Charlottesville. Uh, I, don't know, uh, I don't know if he lives in Charlottesville. But uh, I would imagine that most of the people that uh, – there's also a Gordon Panel, who's uh, another co-owner of Jersey Mike's in Charlottesville. And then there are all the people that work there and at places like them. And I think we have to understand that uh, even, the, even the crappy big box brands that are taking over the, the corner are still, are still staffed by people from Charlottesville. And as you said with... Uh, How do you say that name? What's the name of that restaurant? How do you pronounce it? Which restaurant? Brasserie Saison. Brasserie Saison. I, I forget. There are locals that are working at Brasserie Saison. And while we have beef with the owner, we still need to realize that the folks going to work at this restaurant need to pay their electric bill and need to pay their rent, need to pay their cell phone bill, need to pay their water bill, and they're showing up to work to make that money. So us throwing and that, shade. And that goes the same for, for a lot of businesses around. And, it's, and if, you, if you really step back and take a look, it can almost be comedic uh, the way that we pick and choose which, uh, which local and which not local brands we, uh, we support. Uh, you know, how many, how many people are, are deciding to not stop at Wawa or uh, or some of the other you know chains of gas stations that uh, that are in Charlottesville, and instead uh, exclusively go to some place like Sunshine, which is a little more uh, maybe considered a little more local. I think it's uh, I think it's odd that we you know choose some things to uh, to support as local, and others we just kind of you know wave our hand or pretend we don't notice or just uh, just flat out don't care. Jennifer Nunley Huck says it's $10 just for the burger. Bacon and cheese are even more at Five Guys. I noticed the same thing when buying my daughter a milkshake a couple weeks ago. James Watson watching yeah. the program and he says, I was on my way to the ACC tournament. I stopped at Five Guys and ordered a burger and fries. The total was $19. <laughs> Olivia Branch says, Mookie is A++ people at Jersey Mike's. He and nice. Gordon, they are very community-minded and good guys. That's from the Queen of Keswick herself. That's good to hear. Albert Graves on Twitter says, look how quickly the Morgan Harrington case was resolved and got attention. And compare and contrast it to the Jay Shiflett case. Jay Shiflett murdered in a trailer park. That case goes unresolved in city limits. Morgan Harrington case gets national news. 
if you really wanted to see the murder get attention, and this is unfortunate, it's unfair, and it's wrong, but it's how the media is. If the person murdered on the weekend on Friday was a female UVA student, yeah. it'd be on the national news right now. It just goes to show we uh, pick and choose the things that we decide to be uh, outraged about or not outraged about, whether it's whether it's who got shot or uh, where you go spend your dollars. Yeah. Mookie is a great dude. Getting props from James Watson as well. Um, Olivia Branch, the Queen of Keswick, thank you for sharing this. All right, that's the show. We did the best we could with what we got. It's the Monday edition of this show on this fine and fair talk show. Um, We're back tomorrow at 1230. Amazon laid off 9,000 more workers today. Amazon has cut 18,000 people since November. Meta has laid off 23,000 people. Every tech company, don't want to use the word every, a lot of tech companies are laying people off. All hail the billionaires. A lot of tech companies are laying people off. You got to start wondering how that impacts hiring locally here. And I'll leave it at that. Judah Wickhauer, Jerry Miller, the I Love Seabull, show on a Monday. So long, everybody.